the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian, is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. You know, today we have really an important topic. We talk a lot on this show about things that have been revealed during the COVID era, and we've talked about the global reset or the great reset and certain elites like the World Economic Forum. But today we're going to talk about how does this all fit in with biblical prophecy. After all, this is Biblical Citizen. Are we really finally about to see the coming of the prophesied Antichrist and then the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? We're talking today with Jeff Kinley. He's an expert on biblical prophecy. He's written about 35 books. He's a former pastor. He has a couple of very uh, broad-ranging podcasts of his own, The Vintage Truth and The Prophecy Pros, heard over in Heard in over a hundred countries. He's based in Arkansas. He and his wife have three grown sons, and he's recently co-authored a brand new book with Mark Hitchcock titled The Global Reset. Do current events point to the Antichrist and his worldwide empire? Welcome to the show, Jeff. Brian and Kathleen, great to be with you. So I want to get right to the questions. we got some burning questions. So as I mentioned, we've talked a lot on this show about the Great Reset and how the World Economic Forum and the WHO and the United Nations, a lot of folks around the world have been working really for a long time, actually, to bring about a global government. And unfortunately, what that means is these elites are would become in total control of the world's population. The WEF says... You will own nothing and will be happy by the year 2030. So that's their goal. They want to, sounds like, own all the property in the world, among other things. So your book is about how a push for a one-world government is in line with biblical prophecy. So, Jeff, could you start out by just giving us an introduction to how a one-world government, if it happens, or we don't know where we are on the timeline perhaps, but... How is that in line with what's predicted in the Bible? Well, it's a great question. I think that the term global reset is something that uh, if Christians don't already have heard of it, they're going to hear of it because it's going to only gain in greater momentum as we move along. In order to really understand how this thing is dovetailing with Bible prophecy, I think we have to really go back to the roots of it all, and the roots really begin with Satan himself. You know, Isaiah 14 tells us that Satan rebelled against God in heaven because he wanted to be God. He wanted to be worshipped uh, by all of God's creation at the time was the angelic host. And, of course, he convinced a third of them uh, to go with him. When he came down to the earth, he didn't just cast that ambition aside. 
what he did was he began to work on humanity to try to get humanity to a place where they would then uh, come together as one and eventually worship him. Uh, he tried to do that through obviously causing Adam and Eve, uh, deceiving them in the garden. And then in Genesis 11, you see him really bringing the nations together through Nimrod. They tried to build a, a tower up to the heavens to basically so that they could become God and protect them from perhaps a, another worldwide flood. But then Satan really, as you trace through biblical history, what we see is is that there are prophecies made in, uh, of course, in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, chapter 7, where Daniel receives this vision of a future world empire uh, that would be comprised of a ten-nation confederacy that would be, in essence, over the entire world. And what's interesting, when you tie all this together, Brian and Kathleen, is that you know, when Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms of the world, kingdoms plural, uh, it says in Luke 4 that he had the authority to do that. And, of course, Jesus refused that offer because he's waiting for his own future kingdom. But in the end times, the Bible says there's going to be uh, a man that's, that is going to accept that offer who's going to rule over all the kingdoms of the world. So really, when we look at Daniel 2 and 7, it really dovetails perfectly with the narrative that we read about in Revelation 13 and Revelation 17. So that's sort of the biblical parameters uh, about it. And then, then when you get now to where we're living, and when COVID hit— immediately the global elites began calling for a one-world governance. And I've said over and over again, in my lifetime, I've never known the whole world to be talking about the same thing at the same time. From every nation, every neighborhood, we were all talking about this COVID thing. So COVID really was the catalyst, the, the most recent catalyst to cause uh, global leaders to say, we need a one-world government. And now, for really for the first time, I think it's actually possible for them to begin to implement that strategy. Well, yeah. that's what we're that's what we're seeing too, and it's uh, that's what, it's such an important topic for Christians to be aware of. Well, it, yeah. it, it's such an, a big topic; it's daunting for a lot of people. And so, just brief us a little bit on on some of the common mistakes that Christian make Christians make in this. You know, I mean, I really appreciated in your book how you laid out the time. The uh, sequence of events that have to happen before the Antichrist takes over and this seven-year tribulation takes place. But what are some of the mistakes? I mean, you've studied it for years, and yeah, it takes a lot of study and comprehension. So, what are what are some mistakes people make? Yeah, I think I think one mistake that people make is that uh, in in an effort to want to understand it, they run after whatever the latest uh, theory is. In other words. There's a lot of sensationalism involved in Bible prophecy. Uh, You just go on Amazon, type in Bible prophecy. You're going to get a lot of books, uh, and some of them are very sensational. But as my wife likes to point out, Bible prophecy by itself is sensational enough. We don't really need to add any sensationalism to it. But some people want to set dates, and then they want to say, oh, it's going to happen on this day, and Jesus is coming back right here, and, you know, in 1988 or 89, or he's going to come back next year, or Mayans, or the calendar, or the blood moon. And people kind of run after those uh, that sensationalism, but that's one big mistake to make, because uh, nowhere in Scripture does it set dates, uh, does it tell us exactly when these things will, ha- will happen. I think a second mistake that people make is that they can just ignore it. And I think a lot of the body of Christ has been sort of in that category for a long time. They've ignored Bible prophecy. When you know you think about the Bible's 28% prophecy by the time uh, it was written, and uh, that's a huge chunk of the Bible. And of course, when God wrote the Book of Revelation, He had one last word to give us. 
he gave us an entire book. Actually, 95% uh, is about prophecy. So uh, we see the Jews in the first century, they, they ignored Bible prophecy. They missed the return, or, or rather the, uh, the first coming of Christ. So I think sensationalizing, ignoring it. Another thing people do today is scoff at it. Uh, they make fun of it, uh, parodies about it. And, you know, Scripture actually predicted that in Second Peter chapter 3, where Peter said in the last days, men will scoff, uh, saying, where is the promise of its coming? And so we see a lot of that out in the world. Uh, they, um, they poke fun at the whole idea of the rapture, even within the church. Uh, some theologians, some even pastors and denominations will do that. Uh, so I think that's a huge mistake is to scoff at it, because God clearly reveals it in His Word. And then just a couple more is is that sometimes we're just slow to believe it. I think right now I'm seeing a lot of Christians begin to wake up to the whole concept of we are living in the last days, we're living in the in, in the last times that as prophesied in the Bible. And you know we don't want to be like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus who who didn't even get the prophecies of Christ's first coming, and Christ rebuked them for not knowing about what the prophet said. And so we want to be a church and a body of Christ that is educated and and alive concerning these things. Uh, And then just finally, I think people just misinterpret prophecy. Uh, They try to read it into the headline day, and then they misapply it. Uh, People say, well, I can't read Revelation because I'm I'm afraid or I'm afraid of what's going to happen. And fear really is the devil's greatest narrative. And uh, I think we've seen that with COVID, that fear has been the thing that's manipulated the masses. Uh, during this time. And so God doesn't want us to respond with fear, uh, but but rather with purity and security and comfort and confidence and most of all hope. So I think that's the correct way to, to approach prophecy. Well, that's very interesting. And one of the things you say that I just heard you say is a mistake maybe is trying to trying to put a date on everything. Like we don't know when it's going to happen. And this this COVID attempt, this, you know, this latest thing could be a failed attempt of the globalists. I mean, we don't know if, if it is going to succeed this time because there's been so many times in history where people have thought that Hitler was the Antichrist or Stalin or or, or the Pope or, you know, some other. We So uh, trying to put a date on it is very difficult, I would think, and, and trying to uh, pinpoint, you know, exactly when it's going to happen. But yes, being familiar with the signs and the and the prophecies it themselves is really, really important. So I found your book very helpful in just laying out aggression of things that have to happen, but yet not putting a date on it saying this, you know, this necessarily has to be this. I, so I really uh, appreciate that. But the Antichrist, you, uh, uh, I was going to ask, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think it's important for us to recognize the season, and as you said, the times, but not to put a specific date on things. But the, the season kind of gets us ready in our spirit for what's coming, but we can't, like, mark it down in our calendar. Exactly. So the the term Antichrist is not only in the Bible, but it's in the title of your book. So how does Scripture, Jeff, how does Scripture tell us how to identify the Antichrist? And aren't there some signs that we may be overlooking? Well, I think one thing we have to realize is, is concerning what the Bible says uh, about his arrival. In other words, the timing of his arrival. And I believe that takes place after the church is raptured uh, by Jesus. And Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says that the restraining influence of the Holy Spirit will be taken away, I believe, uh, at the, uh, the rapture. And then it says, then that lawless one will be revealed. So, you know, when people try to identify the Antichrist and say, well, I know who he is, 
I'm saying, well, you know, you're not going to really know who he is until after the rapture. And if you're left behind, then you're, you know, obviously you'll know who he is. Uh, but I think the timing is an important thing to identify. And the other thing is his platform. Uh, the Bible says in, in Daniel 9.27, he's going to come on a platform of peace. Uh, he's the first rider on the white horse and the seal judgments in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2. And uh, so when and he signs this peace treaty with Israel and brings peace to the Middle East, you'll definitely know who he is. And then we'll also recognize him because of his deeds. Uh, the Bible says that he's going to lead this one world government. Uh, he's going to be essentially the, the savior of the world at that time. And, and this is something, again, some of these global elites are calling for. That it's not just a global governance they want, but they're saying that there has to be one man to lead them. And so they're really just playing into the biblical narrative by doing that. So the timing of, of, of the Antichrist's arrival, his platform of peace, and then his deeds leading the world, uh, then eventually he's going to turn on Israel and invade the temple so, uh, and declare himself to be God. So that's just a, a, a small thumbnail sketch of, of uh, the timing of Antichrist. We are talking with Jeff Hinley. He's the author of The Global Reset with Mark Hitchcock. Uh, do current events point to the Antichrist and his worldwide empire? We'll take a short break, but we'll be right back to discuss this further. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. We are back with Jeff Kinley, an expert on biblical prophecy and the author, co-author with Mark Hitchcock, of The Global Reset. The current events point to the Antichrist and his worldwide empire. So I want to talk a little bit, Jeff, about technology. You know, this is the first time in history, and this might be another harbinger that we are really in the, for real in the end times. Certain things were never possible before. The Internet... A lot of good things from the Internet, but it also is a means to control information worldwide. And uh, the mark of the beast that's mentioned in Revelation, making a mark on every person in the world trying to buy or sell, technology is making something like that possible for the first time in history. And then there's the whole idea of digital currency. And we don't have time to talk about all these things right now. But when we talk about digital currency, Jeff, I want to ask your opinion about a cashless society. What should Christians know about this push for no cash? Yeah, and we've been moving towards a cashless society for some time now, ever since really credit cards came into existence. And really, once again, COVID, I think, really was an accelerant in this whole move towards a cashless society because people went home. And they began buying everything online. In fact, uh, Amazon projected that in the first uh, first quarter of the, the COVID pandemic that they would lose $5 billion. Uh, but it turns out they, they exponentially increased uh, their revenue during that time because people were uh, going online. I think as of this morning, I checked it, 78% of all transactions in America are digital now. Wow. So we're, we're moving in that direction, and it's um, there's, there's really kind of a – uh, kind of the break has been released on this thing. So we are moving towards that. I think India is, has, it leads the world in uh, digital transactions. I think India would be more of a, more maybe a primitive uh, place, but no, 
it's happening all over the world. So again, COVID really accelerated this uh, this whole thing. And you think about it, in order for Antichrist to have control over the global economy, it has to be digital, because he has to know what's happening out there. The, the, his government has to know what's happening. In order for that to happen, then every country has to have uh, a, a national uh, central bank of digital currency. And that means if that happens, which, by the way, Joe Biden on March the 9th issued an executive order of this year uh, to uh, to look into uh, the digital assets uh, that we have and to explore the idea of a United States central bank digital currency. And once that happens, when that happens, all of the experts predict they will have the ability to trace and track every single transaction on the planet uh, with 100% accuracy. So they will know where you're spending, when you're spending, how you're spending, what you're spending it on. And that would then lead to the fact that, well, they can control and monitor how you spend. So, for example, if you uh, give towards a church or towards a conservative group, well, they may deem that to be hate speech because they're homophobic or something. And so your bank account's going to be locked. And so uh, once we get to the point where we've got this uh, digital uh, currency, this digital bank going on, then the end game has been reached by the government, which is control. Now, that doesn't mean that the Antichrist is here, but what it does mean is that the foundation for his global economy uh, is being laid. And, of course, we have a, a president right now who, who is in concert with the World Economic Forum. He's a, he's a fanboy, if you will, he is. of the World Economic Forum. Yep. And uh, his whole Build Back Better campaign was taken directly, word for word, out of the WEF playbook. And so <clears throat> he's buying into this whole thing and playing into it. So he wants America to be a part of this global community and not to be um, independent from it. So, yeah, the, the, the digital economy, uh, it, it contributes greatly towards Antichrist regime uh, in the end. So my question is, how how inevitable is this? I mean, is this just a foregone conclusion? Like, are they going to succeed or shouldn't we be resisting this? Like, can we stop this digital currency and maybe go outside it? Or do something, uh, because this is in line with the Antichrist. And so I would think Christians need to be opposing the Antichrist. I mean, as much as, at least as, you know, occupy till we come, Jesus says, and be on the side of Christ. Like, But it's kind of confusing, because if this all is prophesied and this is the time, then we're not going to be able to stop it. I, what do you think? Well, technology by itself, is amoral. In other words, there's no morality attached to it one way or the other. And certainly uh, Christians have been using technology and, and cashless transactions as well. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's of the Antichrist. Uh, at the same time, I think each person has to examine their own heart and they have to do what's uh, according to their own conscience. Uh, in other words, I, I don't think, you know, you go to the airport, they don't accept cash in most stores. You have to pay with a credit card kind of thing. So it's, it's when it moves to the personal stage, I think it's where we really have to resist it. Uh, when the government starts to say, hey, we're going to have control or we're going to be able to, uh, you're not going to be able to have uh, complete autonomy over your own money because uh, we may uh, we may throttle your, your spending on meat or on gas or these type of things that we deem are harmful uh, to the peace and security of the nation. And when, it, when it's headed to that point, that's when we really need to stand up for our freedoms. And I think we, we lock arms with other people who maybe aren't Christians who just love freedom, 
and we say, no, we're going to resist this. And there are people uh, who are resisting this. But the end game for Satan through the Antichrist uh, is to bring that digital economy all the way down to your heart uh, to say, look, you're not going to be able to buy or sell until you worship me and declare me to be your God. Obviously, I don't believe, believe that we as Christians are going to be there when that happens, but there will be Christians who have become uh, saints during the tribulation period. There'll be Jews during that time who will resist that. So this side, I think, Kathleen, is what you're saying, this side of that happening, you know, how much should we uh, resist? So I think that the idea here is just to say when this thing starts to get personal, uh, when they start to tell you how you can spend and they have access to your bank account, which they've already done. If you think about these Canadian truckers, I mean, they already throttled. Right. We saw that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, this this kind of thing, is, it's not pie in the sky. It's not sci-fi. It's not, you know, uh, made up some sort of conspiracy theory. I mean, these things are in place to happen. So we have to watch our government and hold them yeah. accountable and do what we can uh, to prevent them from having control over our personal Well, economy. maybe we could stop Biden from instituting this central bank with this all-digital currency. I mean, credit cards are not the same as as that, right? But right. That's, just, yes, but that's it's a step. It's yeah. a step in that direction. So I, I, I'm totally uh, in agreement, Jeff, with what you're saying. I think and because we don't know, we we don't know the exact date of things, and we don't know if you know if this is if there will be another revival. We pray, we That's pray what we've every been day. For. Yes. We pray every day for a revival in this country, and it's not that the things prophesied in, in Revelation and so on aren't going to happen. They are going to happen, but we don't know the timing. So maybe we can still have another revival or no, another turn to Christ before before those uh, grim happenings of the end times. So we have to keep working towards that unless, you know, Jesus tells us time's up or I guess until we're raptured. And, you know, one of the things I got from your book, I want to touch on the rapture a little bit. I have not been one of those. I certainly haven't denied it, but I also haven't focused on it. I'm not one of those that talk very much about the rapture. And I found your book quite helpful because you lay out not just one or two verses, but you lay out some significant scriptural support for that. So talk a little bit, Indeed. Jeff, about who is affected, who's affected by the rapture, and um, and then where does the rapture fit in the overall timeline of things? That's a great question. Uh, when you think about talking about Antichrist, global governance, uh, this is during a time where the Bible says in Revelation 6 through 19, where God is essentially pouring out his wrath on a rebellious planet. Uh, the history is coming to an end. Uh, Antichrist is coming on the scene. And so through Antichrist and through God's judgment, there's going to be uh, essentially hell on earth. It's going to be a, a horrific time to live. Well, the rapture's purpose in that is to rescue Jesus' bride, as he promised in John 14, uh, from experiencing that wrath. And Paul talks about in First Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, verse 9, chapter 5, verse 10, that we are rescued from the wrath that is coming us. We are not destined for wrath. In the context of those verses is the day of the Lord wrath in the tribulation period. So the idea is uh, just like God came and he, he rescued a lot from Sodom and Gomorrah before he uh, delivered his wrath on those cities, God's going to rescue believers uh, from the day of his wrath, because Jesus took the wrath already for us on the cross, so we don't have to suffer uh, God's wrath in the end time. So that's the, that's the group that's most affected. And, you know, God's patience is amazing that he has held off this long. 
but there's still people to be saved. And that's to your point about revival. Uh, I believe that right now God is waking up a righteous remnant within the body of Christ uh, to these things, to the times in which they're living. They're looking around and going, wow, is, is my Bible talking about this? And and so it kind of leads to the point where they're saying, well, what do I need to do You know, for my own heart uh, to get myself ready? So uh, as far as the rapture is concerned, it's a signless event. Uh, there are no signs that say, once you see this, the rapture is next. It could come at any time. And so that's why we read throughout the entire New Testament about eagerly anticipating uh, the coming of Christ. And that is going to be the great and wonderful day that is the end time of history. The end goal of history is when Christ comes again and he creates the new heavens and the new earth for the believers to be with him in in his glorious glory. And so we are looking forward to that. We want to be ready in the meantime. There's so much more to talk about, uh, but we'll have to do it in another session. Uh, We all need to be ready, folks. We all need to be looking towards Jesus and his end times. Thanks a lot, Jeff. We, We look forward to talking with you again. It's been a great discussion. Thank you. I look forward to it as well. To bless your neighbor, get this book, Global Reset, Do Current Events Point to the Antichrist and His Worldwide Empire. Prayerfully search the scriptures and prepare yourself, ourselves, to be a part of Christ's magnificent return. Thanks. Next week. We'll see you next week. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.